Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Today on the show, I'm sharing my conversation with Dr. Jessica Houston. If this conversation isn't inspiring to you, I don't know what is. She is refreshing and she's real and she has this warm approach that makes you want to strive for more. I loved talking through with her some of the raw and honest issues that come up in our lives so that we can learn from it and grow into better versions of ourselves. She's not afraid to talk about how her past turned her into the incredible and accomplished person that she is today. Okay, so who was Jessica? Dr. Jessica Houston travels nationally and internationally, inspiring thousands of college students, corporate executives, and conference attendees every year. As a keynote speaker and peak performance consultant, her messaging and platform are heavily influenced by her experience in leadership development, mental health, and higher education, which expands more than a decade. She currently serves as a professor at Purdue University and owns and operates a successful personal and professional development training company. In our conversation, we talk about fear and how it's preventing you from getting what you want, mediocrity and embracing failure, how progress is still achievement, how the definition of success is extremely subjective, how to determine what you actually want for yourself, and mental health, why we don't talk about it and why we don't take the time to take care of ourselves. You guys can follow Jessica uh, on her website at expectingvictory.com. She's also on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Dr. Jess Houston. She also has a YouTube channel with lots of inspirational videos that you guys have to check out. It's pretty cool. All right, you guys, I hope you all enjoy. Here we go. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm so excited and very honored to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. So I want to start by asking you if you could tell the audience about yourself and your mission in the world. Yes. So I actually am from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I grew up in poverty and for a long time, I struggled with low self-confidence and I really just didn't trust myself. I didn't trust that I could be a great woman. <laughs> I didn't trust that I was pretty. I, I compared myself to other women far too often. And I played small for a very, very long time. But once I moved out of a relationship that was unhealthy, that was uh, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, that's when my, my life really changed. Um, I, I earned my master's degree in social work, pursued a PhD in education, and became a licensed social worker, a professor, a speaker, author, and also a certified personal and executive coach. So that's the really short version <laughs> of what got me here, but so many things happened um, in the interim. 
it's just amazing how the accomplishments and everything that you've been able to do and all it took, and it sounds like it's nothing, right? But all it took was a shift in mindset, a shift in that confidence. Um, I would love to, I think, hear your journey a little bit more about that shift in confidence. I mean, you talked about trust in ourselves. And I think that's a common theme that I talk about in the podcast and the audience, you know, being primarily women, I think we struggle as a culture, as in our culture with that. And so I would love to hear your story specifically on kind of what made you take that leap and what those shifts have been that have kind of created the woman that you are today. Yes. So even after I left that relationship, my life did start to improve, but I still struggled with low self-confidence for years after that. And it really wasn't until I became pregnant with my daughter that I knew that I did not want her to pick up the traits that I have. And let me tell you, she is so confident. It's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So her first day of school, her teacher was like, she is bossy. I said, no, she is a leader. (laughs) Amazing. That's amazing. It's also fascinating how kids are just such mirrors, right? I mean, I, I said that before when I was pregnant with both of my kids, like, I'm like, these are the things I don't want them to have. These are what I don't want them to be, right? Um, so anyway, I'll let you continue, but it's amazing. Yeah, so so that's when my, my transformation of confidence started. And it's so weird that I didn't tell anyone that I was working on my confidence, but I really just started with dressing up, just looking in the mirror and, and telling myself how beautiful I was and really just putting myself out there, getting out of my comfort zone. And one day out of the blue, my husband who sees me every day, we had been together for a while. He said, something is different. Something is different about you. And it was so weird that he picked up on it. I never said I'm about to start working on my confidence. He just saw it because there was a different energy about me. There was, I started speaking up more in meetings. I was the person who would have wonderful ideas, but I would just sit there like, nope, I don't want to make a fool of myself. So the best thing to do is be quiet. (laughs) You are not alone in that. (laughs) And so it's like, I started speaking up and then one day I'm like, what is going on? I couldn't even believe that I did it. But I also believe that as you get older, you get bolder. At least that's what I found with myself. So right about 30, I could see me drifting into speaking up more, you know, really being confident. But I wish, I wish I had picked up these traits earlier. If I could just go back to my early 20s, I put up with so much stuff, Megan. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, just like the physically abusive relationship, cheating, shortchanging myself, like you name it, I put up with it. I allowed people to talk down to me. I would not speak up for myself. And so I do believe that when you get that confidence in yourself, you don't have to say I'm confident, people will see it. And I always say that you will continue to receive exactly what you continue to accept. And so as Mm -hmm. long as you're accepting someone walking all over you, as long as you are accepting less than you deserve, you're going to continue to get it. But when you step up 
and say, you know what, this is it. Like, I would love to be in a relationship, but you're not treating me the way I deserve to be treated. And when you get that power to walk away, you will definitely be open to receiving someone who will treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. Which is so beyond true and, and amazing. And I, but I want to say, you know, maybe push back for one second because I have not pushed back, but I guess question it maybe from like a client's perspective. But like, what about the fear? What if you are terrified to do that, right? Like you were so brave to have left a, a situation that was impacting you negatively. And once you have the awareness, that's powerful, but it's also scary to do. And so, um, you know, I found this with leaving jobs before and, you know, I question a lot of stuff in my own life with personal relationships and things like that. And so I'm curious what you would say to that woman who, who said, okay, Dr. Jessica, what would I do if, if I'm terrified to make that change? Yes. And I was terrified. I actually was in that relationship for six years. So I had actually wrapped my identity up in that relationship. But one of the things I did because I knew that I would continue to go back is I put space between us. So I moved to a totally different state. And I always say, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, I know it's a a famous quote, but it's so true when it comes to life because there are things that are just going to be scary, but on the other side of that fear is what you deserve. It's what you've been asking for. It's what you've been looking for. And so really in many instances, it's the fear that's preventing you from getting what you want. He's like, oh, I just want to be free. Oh, I just, okay, well work through that fear. And so this is something that I do a lot just personally I pushed myself, I challenged myself to get out of my comfort zone. There have been speaking engagements that I've applied for or submitted a proposal for that really, I was like, oh goodness, I hope they don't call me because I don't want to speak in front of that many people. But I just did it because I knew that there was, there was going to be some growth wrapped up in that decision. And so I did it. There were many times when they called me and I was like, oh gosh, Jessica, what were you thinking? But I did it. And this is the other thing. You will be surprised at what you can do if you would just step into that fear instead of running from it. Yeah, it's true. I I read somewhere, uh, I don't know if it was a quote or what, but I read somewhere that, that like this process, like this journey in this, whatever particular area it is that you're afraid of, whatever it is that triggers you, it's not truly like over until the thing that you used to fear or avoid. Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot about, you know, money isn't scary as the title of the podcast. And I, I say that because a lot of times we avoid the things that we're afraid of. So we just don't want to deal with it. Right. So this is all about like having, let's start, let's start talking more about it. Cause as a culture, like, and it's not our fault. Like we're trained to do this because of the way our culture is and patriarchy and things like that. But let's try to like, instead of avoiding it and, and jumping away from it, let's just dive in head first. And in that journey of that particular thing that you're afraid of isn't over until you actually look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? It seems so counterintuitive. Like why would I ever want to look forward to the same thing that made me terrified and want to run away? But it's it, because you see it in a different way. You see it as a challenge and you, and you see yourself growing and moving through it. Definitely. Yes. Action is the antidote to fear. 
Like that's the only way to overcome it because our minds in, in positive psychology, it's called extremizing. So our minds will always make the situation much worse than it actually is. So for example, if you're afraid of speaking in public, your mind is gonna picture yourself getting up there, stumbling, fumbling, nothing comes out of your mouth. Like you're gonna just have this negative idea of the situation. But when you actually experience it, nine times out of 10, it's not as bad as you made it out to be. So for example, with me, with my first book, Women's Secrets, I was terrified. I didn't wanna put it out there. But then when I did it, Women were coming to me saying, hey, this changed my life. Thank you. And so it wasn't as bad as I made it out to be in my mind. And I think that the key is, you know, I was going to just ask, where is the fine line between like fear of something that is potentially toxic versus fear of something that is potentially really healthy and good for you? And I guess that's for you to determine whether this is going to be something that is going to push you forward. And that's an individual decision. Yes. Right? yes. You've got to leverage your fear in the right direction. So obviously you definitely want to make sure that whatever decisions you make, that it's going to have a positive impact on your life as well as those around you. And so sometimes making that decision not only helps you, but it helps your family. It helps other women. It helps others who may get into that same situation. And they say, hey, if Jessica did it, I can do it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That is kind of a transition into the next thing I really wanted to talk about. I mean, in, your, in the work that you do, you talk a lot about this idea of like confronting mediocrity. And I know this is really relatable to me as a, as a perfectionist in recovery. And um, I'd love to talk more about how that mediocrity really ties into all of this also in that feeling. I guess, I, I think that also has a lot to do with worth and, um, and, and also ties into confidence. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And, and again, how you, how you coach women to work through that. Yes. So everything that I do in helping others, I, I use myself <laughs> as the training ground. So, um, so for me, it was a matter of every time I did not meet a goal or I didn't do as well as I wanted to do, I could almost always trace it back to some type of fear or some type of self-doubt that caused me to not do my best. And so the, the best thing that you can ever do for yourself is to be aware of your feelings, to be aware of your emotions, of your, your thought processes, of your habits. And when you say, hey, I would like to get out of debt, for example, then you've got to also be honest with yourself and say, okay, I want to get out of debt. Where am I right now? Um, how am I being mediocre? Okay, I say I want to get out of debt, but I also want this purse. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, no, that. you know, you can't just ignore it and think, okay, well, I'm just going to magically get out of debt or somebody's going to just give me $20,000. No, you've got to 
make a plan and work that plan. And I'm saying this to you because guess what? I dug out of a lot of debt myself um, just because some of it was me trying to help other people, me being nice. Oh, I need help with this. Oh, sure. Well, I've got a $30,000 credit limit. I'll get it for you. And then I never get the money back and I'm stuck with it. Or I just wanted to take a trip and I couldn't afford it, but I want to go. And so I had to then backtrack and confront that mediocrity in my mental mindset. Jessica, why is it? Why is it that you felt like you should take this trip knowing that you couldn't afford it. And so a lot of times we just got to be real with ourselves. Well, and then it starts a shame cycle or, it, you know, it could, at least it does for me, right? Like, you know, you, you know, you're in debt, but yet you want the bag, but you buy the bag and then you feel ashamed of it afterwards. Yes. So it's, it's this whole, again, ties into confidence. It's like, I just feel like crap about myself in general. Yes. And, and it, it, it requires discipline. Like that's the word nobody likes, but I mean, if you're honest, when you, you think about losing weight, you think about wanting to make more money, any, anything that you want to accomplish, you're going to have to have discipline. And at the end of the day, the question is, do you want it bad enough? Like how bad do you want whatever it is that you're saying that you want? And if you want it bad enough, if, 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 that that desire is deep enough, you will begin to take the steps necessary to accomplish that goal. Yeah, exactly. I always think of it as like, how sick of my own bullshit am I, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You can't sugarcoat it. And that's, oh gosh, that's the, the, the coaching style that I love. Because when you just like, oh, well, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, no you, I mean, you have to really like, and this is where you got to peel away a lot of layers. You got to do that uncomfortable work that nobody wants to do because yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't feel good to, to, to recognize that you're doing this, but also, I mean, know that you're not alone. Literally every single person is going through this in different things like for different reasons, but everybody's going through it together. And curious, like, so, so in a coaching session with you, you know, with a client, would you, how do you get to that point of saying, you know, like, and I guess what's the process of, of moving through someone's bullshit once they finally declare that they're sick enough of it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't like to give advice. If I give advice, I ask my client permission to share my thoughts, but coach, Coaching, coaching is not about me telling you what to do. It's about asking you the right questions so that you will discover what to do. Mm -hmm. And again, it normally comes down to fear, doubt, mindset, a scarcity mindset, a poverty mindset. Uh, maybe you really struggle with self-confidence. So for example, there may be someone who says, well, I would like to write a book. I want to start a business. I want to do um, speaking, I, all of these things that they want to do, but they have not done it yet. And when we get down to the root of it, it's, well, you know what? I just realized that I'm afraid that I might put myself out there and it falls flat. That's, that's what it comes down to. It's not that you can't do it. You can do it. It's, it's the story that you've told yourself and you're actually believing that story. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just dissecting those, the stories from reality. Right. And, and 
I think people, when they try to do something that they've never done before, there's a fear of failure. And of course you're going to fail. Like you've never done it before. Nobody knows. (laughs) Like, I think it's, I think it's recognizing that, that, you know, that's going to happen, but you also have to be comfortable enough to, to know that if you put yourself out there, people are going to probably see you fail. There are going to see you stumble anyway. And it's, it's how, how do you handle that? How do you kind of, I don't want to say move on, but I guess, how do you recover from that and continue to, to have the confidence to keep going? Yes. So I failed a lot. Um, I tell a story in my second book, uh, Profitable Conversations, where I went to a speaking engagement and I was just starting out, but I had my first book. I was so excited. She told me there would be 100 women there. So I bought all of these books. I was so excited. I had prepared and I got there and there were like eight people. <laughs> and I was like, oh my, like I traveled, got a hotel, all of it. It was to me, it, I, I was crushed, but I got up there. I did my presentation. I sold a couple of books. I actually landed a coaching client. Um, And so that goes to show that even if up front, it seems like a failure. And I can tell you story after story um, where I went to an event. It wasn't what I thought. There was one that I I was a little upset about because I thought it was going to be bigger. But I ended up meeting a television producer who was also there. And I got invited on on a show for the network that she. So it's kind of like you just got to. You got to pick yourself up and and just look for the gems in that moment. And I, I fall down a lot, but I have to choose to pick myself up. So no, don't get it twisted. <laughs> I fall down a lot. Like you, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm also an achiever. And so if I'm not achieving, I feel like I'm failing. And I'm, I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, it's not either or. It's not because progress is still achievement. Doing something is still achievement. And we get so stuck in, I want it big. I want it big. Yeah. Well, we're in this black and white culture and we're in this, you know, I mean, social media, we see everybody's highlight reels. We don't see the little teeny tiny baby steps that they might make on a daily basis. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for that. And so, you know, for me, it's like, all or nothing. And I think this actually like ties really well into like a conversation around success. And, you know, what do we think like success? I'm curious your standpoint on it, but I think our culture has set a certain definition of success for us. Mm -hmm. Yet success personally has a very different definition and those clash a lot. So I, I'm curious what you think about that and kind of what your what, what the biggest obstacle out there is to success. And I guess how we define it, how, how we can learn to define it ourselves as we move forward. Yes, I, I really believe that it's a very subjective definition. Yeah, it, it really depends on what you want for yourself. And so for me, success is being able to do what I want to do (laughs) and enjoy doing it. Like that's success for me. I don't have a monetary value. Well, I've got to hit this for me, if my family is healthy. And so I think 
we have um, made it to look like, oh, you've got to have, you know, 20,000 followers, you got to be making $300,000 a year, you've got to have this huge house, multiple cars. But what is success to you? What would make you feel fulfilled? Like, that's me. That's my definition. It's really, really about me being fulfilled. It's not something that I'm striving to do or a, a final destination. It's more of a journey and making sure that I'm in alignment with what I say I want. And do you help your clients walk through that process for themselves? Because sometimes I feel, feel like, especially women and moms in particular, we go through all these identity changes and many times throughout life. And I wonder if, you know, there's a, a lot of people are probably very confused on what that is. And so is that something that you work with them on? Yes. Um, because I think that a lot of times there is a situation where you are comparing yourself to someone else. And so there may be someone who you admire and without even thinking about it, you're thinking, I want to be like them. I want my life to look like their life looks. But at the end of the day, you're only seeing what they want you to see. Yeah. Social media, it tells the story that the person posting wants you to see. Yeah. And so you've got to really get in tune with who you are as a person. What do you want? And then you've got to get into alignment with that because you might be around people who say, well, you're not successful if you're not making six figures. But if that's not your goal, why do you have to make it a goal? Yeah. And that's what I mean about the like, cultural definition of success often tends to be money, dollars, and notoriety, right? So the, you think of Oprah as a very successful person. You don't necessarily think of yourself as a successful person because you, know, you haven't achieved all of the accomplishments that she has. And that's a very extreme example. <laughs> But you know what I mean. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it's really important to tune into yourself and, and try to define what it is that you want versus yes. what it is that everybody else wants. And I think about this for myself. I mean, for me, it's just having that balance and maybe being with my kids more. Um, and that's something that gets very emotional for me. And you know, I think about my youngest son is, turning three this week. And I think I'm like, well, I, <laughs> and I'm hard on myself. I think maybe I haven't been, been with him as, as much over the, I mean, this past year with COVID, yes, definitely. But, but in those three years, have I been, been around involved with in his life as much as, you know, maybe the girl down the street or something like that has been around in her kids' lives. And what do I want? What, what is it that I want? And, 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 you know, I, I think that's a really big question that a lot of women have. Mm -hmm. And it takes some time to sort through that, right? Really uh, <laughs> and we tend to be really hard on ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we've talked about that so many times. And I, I like to talk to the audience a lot about like slowing down, having grace with yourself, you know, just be trying to be more present. And, and it doesn't have to be like you're on this constant 
treadmill and, and life is just being thrown at you all so fast. It's, it's, it's all about, uh, to your point, defining what it is that you want and then trying to work with trying is the goal, right? To live your days more with intention that are aligned with those things that you want. Because a lot of women really don't know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Their lives has, it's been wrapped up in being a wife, being a mom, being a provider, um, you know, being a sister, being a friend, but it's like, what do you want for you? And I think that everyone listening should write that down. What do I want for me? And answer that question. Not what society wants, not what culture wants for you, not what your mother-in-law wants for you, right? That's a really, really important thing, I think, for everybody to do when we don't take the time to do it. We really don't. I think that's kind of a good segue. I want to talk a little bit more about mental health. In your work, you talk about and normalize anxiety and depression. And we're at a time where these mental health issues are like so predominant, more so probably than they've ever been. And I'd love to hear more about uh, more of your thoughts here and how you work with women and coach women who are experiencing these. Cause I think everybody to an extent has some form of anxiety, whether, you know, and, and potentially depression too, but it all depends on where you are on that scale. And I think it also at certain point, certain points in your life, it, it, it's, it's stronger than others. So it sort of waves. Right. And I, and I think that this is really important to talk about. Cause again, this is something similar to money that has a stigma around it. Yes. Yes. And Mental health has been prevalent. It's always been prevalent, but it's been one of those taboo topics. And I struggled with depression for years. And I was the person who nobody would have thought was struggling because on the outside, I was always smiling. I was helping other people. I was everyone's hero. And I, 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 I considered that to be a suffering hero. And how many women are suffering heroes? And how many of us just go, 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 but we never take the time to self-reflect. We never take the time to take care of ourselves. And so I believe that self-care is, is, is pivotal to your mental health. I'm a helper and a giver. I love to help. And I realized that I actually did it to a fault. As I mentioned, I was lending money. <laughs> you know, somebody would call and say, hey, I'm about to get evicted. And, and then I have this heart and like, oh, I don't want that to happen. And then the next week, this person is on vacation, you know. And so for me, I had to really sit with myself and confront the fact that Mentally and emotionally, I needed a break. Like I needed a time out. And of course, if, if you believe that counseling is for you, that's a great, great choice. Um, but sometimes it's just that you need a time out. Like just to get with yourself, to get with your thoughts, go to the dungeon of your mind and find out what what is it that's got me feeling like this? Why am I anxious? Why am I sad? Why am I, I feeling the way that I feel? And yeah, you talked about self-care a little bit. Is that one of the 
techniques that you recommend? I mean, again, like self-care, I talk about self-care a lot on the podcast and I'm like, it's not, you know, bubble baths and pedicures. It's literally like something as simple as like, you know, getting sleep and Mm -hmm. eating fairly healthy today. And, um, you know, maybe not beating yourself up if you made a mistake at work or something like that. What are some of those go-to tools for you? Yes, definitely getting enough sleep because if I don't get enough sleep, I'm a little bit grumpy (laughs) the next day. that, That helps. And actually I do not like to exercise, but exercise helps me so much mentally and emotionally. And so if I'm not in a great mood, I know that I need to get up and move. So sometimes I could just take a walk, but um, I listen to inspirational music. I will go and find an inspirational video or a motivational video on YouTube, read something inspirational. So for me, it's about getting unstuck at that moment. Don't worry about, well, it's just temporary. Oh, well, your shower is temporary too. (laughs) So I think sometimes we're like, ah, well, I laughed yesterday. Well, well, cause yourself to laugh again today. I think it's really about being in the moment because what I found is that depression can come and go. You know, you might go a week or two weeks or two months feeling fine. And then something triggers you and sends you back into that depression. Right. And what a lot of people don't really share is that it doesn't necessarily have to be something happening like but your mind will try to attach this is something that I learned in my personal experience is that your mind will try to attach something to the depression so you might just be going through a period of depression and you're like well why am I feeling like this and then you'll be like oh I feel like this because I don't have enough money oh I feel like this because I'm lonely well no your mind is trying to attach meaning to how you are feeling that's really interesting I I know that the mind too also like is hardwired for the negative because it's trying to survive so yes. maybe you've been, I don't know, you've been in this period of time where you're just in a funk, I guess, right? We always say that. Yeah, like, that's what it funk. is. That's what it is. Yeah. And so you're, you're yeah, it, you're searching for like, a, like you said, meaning or a reason behind, behind it, but maybe there is no reason. Maybe you're just feeling not your best and that's okay. okay. And I think also what comes along with that for me anyway, it's the shame thing. Like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Everybody tells me to just smile. Like maybe I don't want to, maybe I just don't feel like it right now. Right. And that's to like, allow yourself to, to feel whatever you want to feel. Yes. I encourage that. I encourage that because a lot of times we try to like get out of it because we don't want to step into that feeling or that emotion or that frustration Uh, but it's so important. Like if you're upset, feel feel it, be upset, like kick, scream, curse, whatever you got to do. But feel it and don't try to ignore it. Because I found that when you try to ignore things, you're suppressing it, but eventually it's going to come out and it may come out with you exploding and taking it out on someone who doesn't even deserve it. And you're like, where did that come from? Where that came from? The anger that you held in, the grief that you held in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's going to come out in some way or another. So it's better to just try to at least be proactive about dealing with it. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
So before we start to wrap up, I was hoping that maybe you could, if you could leave our audience with one piece of advice, what would that be? That advice would be to trust that you have everything that you need to accomplish your greatest desire. I believe that women have been programmed to be small, to not ask for what we really want. And I want you to stand in your power. I want you to not dim your light, not be afraid to share how you really feel, not be afraid to promote yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. I mean, I think it's that that's something that each individual person has to work through, but that is a universal concept. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, please, can you tell everybody how they can find you and follow the work that you're doing in the world? I know, you know, you have a book, so please just promote yourself. (laughs) Yes. So you can find me at my website on expectingvictory.com. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Jess Houston, Twitter at Dr. Jess Houston, LinkedIn, Dr. Jessica Houston. So yes, definitely connect with me. Um, My YouTube channel has a lot of videos. So if you're looking for inspiration, you can definitely go over to my YouTube channel and check out many of my inspirational videos. So awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. You're, you're just so inspiring and just, just such a wonderful, warm person to talk to. So I know that the listeners will also enjoy this conversation very much. Thank you so much. Thank you.